when you think about inspiring someone to take action and how much good you can do in the world using the power of words. And there's a way to do it that's in integrity. You know, I always say you can sell out your products and services without selling out on your integrity. And that's so, so true. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and I'm excited to announce that my book, Selling with Love, Earn with Integrity, Expand Your Impact, is going to be released on February 15th of this year, and I'm so excited to bring it to the masses. So if you are one of the people who wants to get a copy of this book, be sure to go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book, and you'll be able to get on the waiting list and learn about all the exciting details, bonuses, and special offer that we will have on the day of lunch to be able to get your hands on a copy of this book. You'll even have an advanced chapter made available when you sign up. So once again, go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book, and you'll be able to be one of the first people to get a glimpse inside the new book coming out February 15th. And now, Please enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, this is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Selling with Love podcast. Today, we're going to take our sales ability, not from the way that we speak, but really putting it into writing. And I wanted to bring an amazing person, Alex Catoni, to come and share with us. She has created a 100,000 plus community strong of people that are in her copy posse. This is the company that she's created where she trains people in the art of copywriting, really helping companies to create big launches, do amazing marketing using the power of written language. Now, if you've never heard the term copywriter, we're going to debunk and kind of expand a bit about what that is. Why is it different than traditional writing and really why it's one of the most powerful skills you can develop as a business owner, an entrepreneur, as a salesperson to really get the edge over how we respond to words, not just in the way we speak, but particularly on the way that we write. Alex, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Now, I do have to make a nudge, like we're both former Mind Valleyans. So you were there at Mind Valley. I know some of the people who listen to this podcast have been a part of Mind Valley, are involved in it now. You were there in the original times, and I just want to give a little nudge to it. Like, what was your history of what you did at Mind Valley? Yeah, I love that. I love that we're both Mind Valleyans. Hi, Mind Valley community. I love you guys. Honestly, Mind Valley was my start into this whole crazy world of online marketing. I think. Like a lot of people, when I started doing this, I had no idea what internet marketing was, let alone personal development. And I went into the deep end at Mind Valley. And yeah, I was back in early 2008, started off as a customer support intern and left as the creative director in 2011, also as the director of the A Fest in Maui. So kind of had a lot of different hats on while I worked at Mind Valley for sure. Amazing. And so now you're actually doing things specifically in the world of copywriting. And this is where I really wanted to kind of open it up with a really broad statement that maybe introduce people to this world. Like we might have heard the term copywriter, copywriting. I mean, maybe you're thinking, are we talking about intellectual property protection here? Like, what is this thing called copywriting? And why is it so relevant for us to know about it today? Yeah, I love that because, yeah, you're right. It has nothing to do with patent law or IP. I get that a lot. I almost became a lawyer, but thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, so copywriting really simply is just basically using words for the sake 
of selling. So people often think of copywriting either as something that ad executives do on Madison Avenue. And I'll be honest, that's kind of what I thought it was in the beginning. Like, oh, yeah, just kind of ad writers, you know, coming up with Super Bowl commercials and witty slogans. And that was that. But then when you really break it down, every single business needs copywriting if they are selling anything using words, which in this day and age, especially in the online world and how fast things are moving online is basically any business on the planet. I can't really think of a single business out there that wouldn't need strategic selling through the power of words. Well, I mean, even I was trying to think of something I'd say maybe if you have a vision limitation, you could still write copy in Braille. Yeah. And in fact, I have some students who do have limited seeing abilities and they're able to copyright. I have students that are hearing impaired. They're able to copyright. I think it's so beautiful because oftentimes people even think, oh, well, what about salespeople on the phone? And I'm like, what do you think they're reading? It's a script that's copywriting, you know? So whether it's visible online in terms of text or it's behind the scenes, copywriting is such a necessary part of business. I've even had students say to me, wow, learning these techniques actually made me a better presenter when I'm in meetings with my bosses. And I'm like, yeah, because you're learning how to position yourself with authority, speak with intention and get someone to take some sort of desired call to action ultimately. And that's kind of where I would want to maybe see if this is where we draw the line. You speak about how when you write copy, you take people to make an action or a call to action. And is that the biggest thing that would separate what is copywriting versus just plain old writing? Yeah, I love that question. So I like to think of writing as falling into these different buckets, you know, and I love writing. I love all forms of writing. I love creative writing, which is maybe writing short stories or poems or just journaling, right? And then you have what I call content writing, which would be like writing blog posts, articles, any sort of content that's more conversational. It might have sidebars and tangents and multiple links to go check this out and check that out. And it's great. You know, content writing can be very educational. It can be very conversational. It's great at building relationships with people through readership, viewership, all things like that. Copywriting, in my mind, is very strategic and it's very one directional. It doesn't mean it can't be creative and fun, but ultimately you are writing with the purpose of getting someone to take a singular call to action, whatever that most desired response is, whether that is to sign up for something, click a link, open an email, call a number, you know, anything like that, which of course in business is usually a whole combination of all of those different things. Lovely. So now at least we know where the bucket falls, right? So when we're talking specifically copywriting, people are taking an action. It's related typically to sales activities. But now if I'm sitting here and I'm saying like, hey, Alex, this sounds all nice and dandy, but I'm not a writer. I hate writing. This is not something I even want to touch with a 10 foot pole. Is there a reason why you feel like this is still a skill we should actually start putting some investment into learning? That's a great question. I tell everybody whether or not you see yourself being a copywriter full time. And I do have many students who are freelance copywriters and they absolutely love it because they've always had a passion for writing and now they're turning that passion into a business. Or you just want to become more persuasive in what it is that you do, whether it be coaching or consulting or selling a type of service. Knowing the 
ABCs, if you will, of copywriting, I believe will make you a more effective communicator, a better salesperson, and it'll also allow you to understand the different marketing and things that you see online in a completely new light. And so we are all as business owners in that early phase of our business at one point where maybe we can't afford to hire a copywriter. So that's the perfect time to like get your hands dirty, figure it out for yourself. And then if you really don't enjoy doing it, of course, you can always hire a copywriter on your team, bring someone on to help you. I almost feel like it's always necessary to know the minimal skill even before you hire so you know what to hire for. And these ABCs, I'm hoping we can cover a bit of them here so we can understand some of the big parameters that we should be aware of. Because the one thing that comes to mind, if I'm listening to this in copywriting, are you telling me that you're going to teach me how to write things like, stop, read this now, or everything in your life will be shattered into pieces? Like, is this what copywriting is about or am I taking it a little too extreme here? Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because to be honest with you, I was a freelance copywriter for eight years behind the scenes in business before I ever started my YouTube channel, before I ever started teaching it. And one of the biggest reasons why I decided to put myself out there, start a YouTube channel, talk about it to the masses is because I was annoyed by the misconception out there of what it was to be a copywriter. And it's nobody's fault. There is a lot of douchiness on the internet, right? I mean, we see it all the time. We see it in our inbox. We see it in our spam folder. But I would say to people, oh, I'm a copywriter. And they would say, oh, so you're the one that sends me all those spam emails. I'm like, what? No, right? So I was really passionate about starting my business and my channel to talk about what it really means to be a copywriter and redefine it. Because when you think about inspiring someone to take action and how much good you can do in the world using the power of words, and there's a way to do it that's in integrity. You know, I always say you can sell out your products and services without selling out on your integrity. And that's so, so true. I think when a lot of people unfortunately are exposed to is a lot of that hypey stuff. And then they think, oh, that must be what copywriting is. And it doesn't mean that that doesn't work for a time, but I like to define sort of pushy marketing versus persuasive marketing. And I define pushy marketing as that leads with the offer, bash you over the head 19 million times saying, buy my stuff or else, or using fake scarcity or misleading claims or hyperbole or unsubstantiated claims and all of that douchiness, right? And then there's persuasive marketing, which is knowing exactly what your customers want, selling products and services that genuinely help them solve their problems, helping them take inspired action that feels really good to them, and being able to ultimately sell more products and services as a result. So I'm so glad you asked that question because it's like the foundation of basically what my entire brand and mission is. <laughs> and that's why I have you on the show. It's funny, I was with another former Mind Valley individual you would know, Ezekiel. We were doing a, a business strategy session. And in essence, as we're doing a plan, we're kind of defining what is the why behind the whole selling with love movement and everything. And I'm so glad you used the word douchey because in my statements, I actually talk about that. I'm tired of seeing a world filled with douchey marketers and salespeople that actually know the persuasive methods to manipulate the people into doing actions that don't serve them best. And so by teaching people how to sell with love, to do copywriting from a place of love, which seems to be exactly what you're doing as well, we can teach the ethical businesses what are the tools that actually allows people to make better decisions for themselves. And so I love what you're doing. You're speaking it in the right way so that I'm glad I have you on the show. So 
Alex, I'm in. I'm signing up. I want to learn coffee. It sounds exciting. Sounds useful. I'd love to get started, but I feel a bit clueless. So what could be some things that I should start doing if I want to nurture this skill? Yeah, I love that. So I said the ABCs of copywriting before, and I actually have a really simple formula called ABC to walk you through sort of what I think is the structure of really powerful, persuasive copy. And this really becomes the foundation of anything you write. So whether you're writing a headline, a sales page, a landing page, a social caption, it all really boils down to these three things. So the first is obviously attention. You know, I often say that we are in the attention business before any other business, and attention is the most valuable currency that we have as marketers. So those of you watching this now or listening to this now, like, yay us, we have your attention, right? But we're not going to take advantage of that because we know that that is such a valuable currency. So we're going to delight, we're going to add value, we're going to make sure you left this podcast better than when you came. And that really, the secondary A of that is audience. So there's one way to get attention and it's to scream and use all the emojis and use 18 exclamation marks. And people get really annoyed of that because no one wants to feel like they're being yelled at all the time to get attention. So in my opinion, the best way to get attention of your audience is to know what it is that they're looking for and call it out and be specific and be relatable. So this is in the form of a headline, your opening line in a social caption, really figure out, okay, what is my audience need right now? And how can I capture their attention to let them know that what I'm about to say is for them. And there's tons of different ways to open loops and tons of different ways to capture attention using hooks. But at the end of the day, if you're being specific and relatable, that's going to be a really, really strong place to start with grabbing your audience's attention. Once you get their attention, you have to move into the big promise. And so I think oftentimes I see copy where I read it and I'm like, I still don't get it. <laughs> like, wait, what? You know, it, it might be really beautifully written and it might have all of the juicy power words and I might be really excited by the language that's used. But at the end of the day, I still don't quite know what is it that you're trying to offer me? And that's what copywriting is, right? Hey, I have this thing that can help you and here's what it's all about. So the big promise is delivering the idea of what your user can expect from reading the copy. Oftentimes it can be educational, it can be entertaining, it can be inspirational, right? I love copy to provide value in and of itself. So as much as I love to open loops and peak curiosity, I'm also a big believer in writing copy that genuinely is valuable in and of itself. And so in your big promise, you can offer content value in some sort of way. And then, of course, that leads you to the C, which is the call to action or close, which is either to ask them to either buy something if it's a sales page or it might be a call to action if it's a social caption, for example, to go click the link in your bio or to comment below to get something. People always need to be told what to do. I think that's another misconception in copywriting is it might seem obvious to you. You might have a big button on the page that you're like, of course people are gonna know to click it. But unless you specifically ask people what you want them to do, they might not know. And so I always use that three-step formula for anything I write. And of course it varies in length and style depending on what it is I'm writing. 
Beautiful. So we got attention, we got the big promise, and then we have obviously the call to action. Those are things we can keep in mind. So as long as everything we write, we realize it's going to touch on some aspect of these three elements, we know we're going to have a good foundation. But you keep using this word. And I think for some people, they don't know what that word means. And I know it's a really powerful thing to use, which is called open loops. And you've kind of opened the loop itself by mentioning this word. And some people listening might not know what it does and why it's important. And I love this technique. So I'd love for you to elaborate. What is open loops and how can I use it to be more effective in the way I write copy? Yeah, really great question. And you're right. I often do that. <laughs> I open a loop without even meaning to. If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. So an open loop, the best analogy is to think of your favorite, usually a drama series of some sort where you're watching television or Netflix or whatever and you get to the end of the episode and you're like, what was that? Oh my gosh, they hinted at something to come. I need to watch. Oh my God, I'm currently watching Money Heist and I think that I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, right? And I think the first show that did this really well was Lost. I remember being like, what? Like they would leave you on the edge of your seat. And now, and this is why I think Netflix has the crazy market share that it has is they have now taken this idea of open loops between episodes, but then they give you an entire series at once and we can't help but watch it. You know, people often say, I'm going off on a tangent right now, but people often say, oh, people's attention spans have gotten shorter. And I actually disagree with that because how many of us have sat watching Netflix for hours until Netflix asks us if we're still watching and we're like, yeah, don't judge me. I am still sitting here watching this show. And so I don't think our attention spans actually have gotten shorter. I think what's happened is we now have a lower tolerance for crappy content because of the variety of amazing content we currently have available literally for free at the touch of our fingertips at any given moment on any given platform. Crave, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Disney Channel, Prime. I mean, literally, you don't find what you're looking for there, you go there. You don't find what you want there, you go there. And so content is no longer something that you can only get if you're just sitting in front of the TV at prime time on your favorite night of the week to watch your show, and then you have to wait a whole week. So I digress. Going back to the concept of an open loop. That is an open loop. It basically is this concept of creating a gap in your mind 
that you can't help but close. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the first 10 minutes of the next episode just so I could close that loop. And then I'm like, okay, now I'll go to bed. Another show that really does this. And I haven't watched it in ages, but I noticed they changed their model. So you know The Bachelor? (laughs) I do know it, not seen the recent ones. Yeah, me neither, wink, wink. But remember how they used to do a rose ceremony at the end of an episode? Which makes sense, right? It used to be like, of course, you watch the whole shenanigans unfold, and then at the end of the episode, you know who's voted off or whatever the language is, not given a rose. Well, they changed it in recent seasons so that the rose ceremony happens right in the middle of the episode. So you have shenanigans for the first half, then you have the rose ceremony, and then what do they do? They open another loop with the second half of the episode so that people have to come back and watch the next one. Before, you could miss a whole episode and be like, ah, that's okay. I can see that Tiffany's no longer there, so she's the one that went home last week. But as soon as they moved the rose ceremony halfway through, it just forced you to have to watch the whole thing and then open a loop for the next one. So in copywriting, there's a few different ways you can do this. One of the simplest ways, and you see this literally everywhere, and now every time you see it, you'll be like, I know why they did that, is using numbers. So people love learning in frameworks. So could you imagine if I said to you, Jason, there's three things you have to know to write really great copy, and then I only gave you two, you would be like, yo, I have a number three written in my notebook, what's the third thing? And it's because We love learning in sets. We love learning in frameworks. And so just sharing a simple number, the five reasons why you need to do X, Y, Z, the three steps to better health, right? Anytime you're using a number, it's why listicle sites like BuzzFeed have crazy readership. All they do is listicles. 17 reasons why you don't like cilantro. I will read it. (laughs) So numbers is a big one. Another one is specificity. I sort of mentioned this before. Specificity, essentially, the way I define it is being incredibly specific about a certain issue or even a specific benefit that someone wants. The more specific you are, and this is going to seem counterintuitive, the more specific you are, the more relatable and universal your messaging becomes. And that confuses people because everyone's afraid of alienating and everyone's afraid of creating polarization. But if you use copy that speaks directly to such a specific issue that someone is having, what's going to happen is those people who see that are going to go, oh my God, me too. I have to read this and see what this is about. So specificity is a really powerful way to open a loop. There's also something called the preview, which is really a simple technique. It basically says, hey, in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you about XYZ. Or at the end of this podcast, I'm going to blah, 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 right? Anytime you hint at something to come, it makes people go, well, I have to stay on or figure out what it is that she's going to say, or I have a big secret to reveal at the end of this podcast, right? I don't, but if I did, that would be a great open loop. And then there's, of course, the one that we all know of, which is the cliffhanger, which is very much of the you won't believe what happened next type of headline. Now, of course, the disclaimer there is you can use things like that technique in a really douchey way and use it as clickbait. Or you can use it in a super authentic way where maybe what happened next really was absolutely unbelievable and you are using it as a punchy hook and a punchy headline to get attention. And so that's my only disclaimer there is use them wisely. 
Wasn't there an entire website that was built on that? And it kind of went super up and it went super down. It was something like Upsprout. Was that the one? That could be one. I've heard of that one. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of content sites that literally all of their headlines are like, you won't believe what, what happened, happened next. next. You won't yeah. believe. Exactly. Like I remember there was like, it was constantly, if it's not Upsprout, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, I don't know why I thought you did some great branding. So I thought of Upsprout. I don't know if I wanted to associate it with this. So I have to make a disclaimer. I'm not sure which website it was, but I remember it was like one after the other. And it kind of spoke to its short-term benefits of using the douchey method, but it also speaks to how fast they disappeared because now I don't even remember who they are. Which brings me to one of the last questions I want to talk about, which is it's something that affects salespeople. And I feel like copywriters are like the salespeople of the pen. And so there's something in sales where a lot of people have this negative impression, just like how you've opened with saying there's a lot of people that do copywriting in a douchey way. It's an unregulated market. So anybody can jump in and nothing is holding anybody to some code of ethics when it comes to the way they write copy. I could write copy just saying, when you buy this program, you'll instantly get a deposit of $1,000 in your bank account if you send me 100 and that's fraud. And so you can use the power of the language to be very deceptive. So what would be words of advice for people to be better equipped on detecting the douchey, detecting the BS, and making sure that when we approach copy and we see copy, we can distinguish what is considered good copy versus manipulative copy? Mm, that's such a good question. You know, I think what it really comes down to is brand connection, brand trust. I remember when I started online marketing, it was right around the time I started at Mind Valley. Anyone could really like, you could slap a photo of someone in a suit <laughs> on a website and be like, Dr. So-and-so says this. And people would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I really do believe that this is the future of marketing where that's no longer going to fly. And it's because now you have all of these social media platforms, you have so many ways of connecting to a brand that people no longer want to buy from brands who they don't know, like, and trust. And so as a business owner, as a coach, as a consultant, as a service provider, I really believe that we can no longer treat content marketing as separate from sales because I can tell you that when your audience, let's say, stumbles across your ad, if they don't already know you, they're clicking through to your website, they're clicking through to your social platforms, they're checking you out, they're reading your reviews, they are making sure with certainty that they can trust you with their money. And I love that about what's happening in terms of the direction of the online marketing world because people who can't stand behind their words and who can't walk the talk are falling to the wayside. You could argue that it's unfortunate that people are becoming more critical of marketing because there's so many scams that happen online and that's true. But I think just being curious. I know for me, I put my money where my values are and I think that's going to be the future where, for me, I value certain types of brands and businesses because of who they are and what they stand for. And I will go out of my way and actually pay more money to brands that I feel I can trust. So, you know, if you are reading copy and you're like, ah, I don't know, that seems a bit too good to be true, chances are it is. And you can always do your research, check out the reviews. You can even ask customers, find them on social media. If a company is hiding their customers from you, that's a bad sign too. 
I know for me, I feature my customers all the time on my social platforms and anybody can DM them and be like, yo, is this for real? And I think that that's the nature of the beast. So why not use it to your advantage? I love it. You know, for a lot of people that are listening here and you have an existing audience here, the copy posse. So you're training a lot of people to go deeper into the field of copywriting. We've just touched on some fun topics here. So if you're listening to this, we'll put some links for you to discover more about the copy posse and where you can learn more from Alex when it comes to the skills that you can apply in the way that you market, sell yourself, whether you're a solopreneur or you're a business, these skills are with you. They stay with you and you definitely want to nurture them. But I wanted to ask what is some of your own code of ethics that you encourage your people that are learning from you, the copywriting. I know you talk about non-douchey, but are there other big things that you advocate within the people you educate on how to do copy in the right way? Yeah, I mean, I always say, because here's the thing, and I even felt this myself when I was a freelance copywriter, and then I stepped out from behind the scenes and started writing copy with my face and name attached to it. I always say, if you wouldn't feel comfortable putting your name next to that and putting it out on the internet, it's a no-go. And I think that that's really an important kind of litmus test. And I think that's why I'm so proud that the Copy Posse is such a bunch of heart-centered people because truly at the end of the day, it's easy to hide behind that veil of anonymity. It's easy to say things on the internet. I mean, if we've seen anything over the recent years past, it's that people seem to just <laughs> be on the internet and they can say anything and it's not real. And I think that we need to all start being accountable for the words that we write and whether that's as a you know copywriter behind the scenes or on our own platforms, I think if you don't feel comfortable writing it, you shouldn't. And so I tell my students all the time, hey, if a client asks you to do something and it goes against your personal value system, then that needs to be a hard boundary that you don't cross. Alex, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this amazing stuff. I'll have one more question, but first, for those who are listening, we really wanted to emphasize the fact that copywriting is a powerful art to use the written language to create a call to action. If you follow the ABCs of Alex, you wanna make sure you're getting people's attention, you make that big promise and you make them do that call to action or go towards the close. It's not as obvious as you would think, so always make sure these elements are included in all of the writing you create, whether it's an article, a sales letter, a headline, line and email copy is found everywhere and particularly in the world where we're moving towards the internet there's even more requirements for copy one thing i know we didn't go too much into details but i want to emphasize that copywriting ends up being one of the highest paid professions right now because people are fighting for people's attention and if you can nurture your art of being able to write in a way that resonates with people speaks with people but isn't done in a douchey way you will be a very powerful person within your own company to grow and you can be a very useful asset within the company you work for by learning this skill. I'm going to encourage everybody to go and have a look at Copy Posse because there's amazing content here with Alex where she really does a great job in educating people on how to do copy the right way. It's not about manipulation. It's not about making lies. It's about using the art of language to direct people towards action that better themselves in the process. Which leads me to one final question I wanted to ask you, Alex, which is you're on the Selling with Love podcast and I just want to hear from your words. What does selling with love mean to you? Oh, I love it. I think it means selling from the heart. It means selling that isn't selling. I think you said before, the word selling can often get a bad rap, but the reality is if you're helping people solve problems and guiding them to solutions that better them, then it really isn't selling at all. It's serving. So to me, selling with love is serving. 
Beautiful. Alex, thank you so much again for coming on the show and for your time. And everybody listening, keep on selling with love. And I should do an open loop. On the next episode, you won't believe the guest we have. <laughs> Just know, kidding. Thank you so much, Alex. <laughs> this was fantastic. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Selling with Love podcast. I mentioned at the beginning, the release of the book Selling with Love is coming on February 15th. If you haven't went to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book to get yourself on the waiting list yet, take the time to do so now. I'll have a sample chapter available, some exciting bonuses, and you'll be one of the first to put your hands on a copy of my book that is coming out so soon. Thank you so much for being a supporter. Thank you for listening to the show. And until next time. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.